Welcome to the Consulting Pipeline Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to play you a conversation I had with Michael Atkinson, who runs a company called Food Tech Strategics. And I think you'll find this a very interesting example of combining previous experience in one area, that is, um, well, actually previous experience in multiple areas, in order to create a really unique, uh, valuable expertise that's focused on a particular vertical. So as you listen to this interview, just pay particular note to how Michael brings elements from his past experience in to help him create this really interesting, compelling focus in his business. Hope you enjoy. Michael Atkinson, welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, Philip. Nick, it's good to be here. So, Michael, who are you and what do you do? So, I'm a, uh, uh, a, a restaurant guy, basically, um, but I'm also CEO and founder of Food Tech Strategics, which is a, um, uh, a restaurant technology uh, strategic advisor, uh, but I'm also a principal at Bailiwick Ventures, which is the uh, holding company for uh, many of my investments in this space. But I've been around the technology and restaurant space for quite some time. How did you? You're specialized in that area. As before, we started recording. You were telling me that you've got your fingers in a number of pies, but they're all in the restaurant or hospitality world. Um, How did you end up specializing in that? Um, Well, you know, it's 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 passion. It's what my background is. When after college, I I went to work in a restaurant. Um, um, So that was quite a long time ago, but. It was really as, as simple as that. My father says, "Time to go uh, get a job." <laughs> so, I uh, I had some friends that worked in the restaurant industry, and I thought that looked as good as any. So, I applied for uh, a management position with a national chain. Uh-huh. And I was fortunate to uh, to get that job, and uh, that led to a, a series of, of of career choices in the restaurant industry. Uh, culminating in uh, my owning my first restaurant when I was 23. And uh, I didn't know it at the time that was young to have a, have a restaurant company, but uh, mm. we just went out and did it. Uh, mm-hmm. No, said we couldn't do it. So we just went out and did it. And that was really the, the, the bug. Um, if there's something that balances life really uh, interestingly between art and science, mm-hmm. uh, you're feeding people. It's very social and, engaging you're building a business and you have to wear a lot of hats and i think that's important to be a good consultant number one but in the restaurant industry i think it's really an undervalued skill set managers have to be you know uh you know front of the house and back of the house experts they have to be involved in marketing um in computer science familiar with technology they have to understand cooking and science and and chemistry and uh, customer relations, uh, HR, recruiting. I mean, if you think you go down the long list of of skill sets that the the average restaurant manager has today, it's remarkable, and you don't know it at the time mm-hmm. that you're learning a lot of different things. But all these things become very valuable whether you're staying in the restaurant business or not. Uh, you have a, a generalist view on, on business, and it prepares you for a lot of different things that, you know, that follow into your career. But uh, I have a deep respect and, and passion for the industry. And I think that's, that's uh, where I started and that's where I continue. That's so interesting for the folks at home who are listening. I want them to notice 
everything like you, you gave a long list of what we would call domain knowledge. So all that stuff that you listed is true of, of people in the restaurant business, probably not as true of people in other verticals. You know, in other words, it's specific to the restaurant business. Um, so now in your advisory work, I, you know, when your work creates impact with your clients or when it moves the needle for them, what does that look like? What, what kinds of changes does your advisory work create for your clients? In the restaurant space, you know, most of my clients are more at the senior level. Um, I don't really work with independent restaurant operators as much as I used to. Uh, it's just the way the business has evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all centers around the three most important areas that any restaurateur or CEO of a restaurant chain would look at. And that falls into they want to increase sales. Um, of any business does, uh-huh. uh, business in particular, because it's so competitive. Uh, and they also want to reduce costs in some way, um, which is also good for any business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, more challenging the restaurant business in many ways because you're locked into a certain, you know, uh, price. It's called a menu. And uh-huh. so you can't go out and change your prices right. at random as much as you, as, as, you, as you can in other industries. And the third area that, that restaurant operators are focused on, again, whether they're at the independent level own one restaurant or CEO of a chain, is getting to know your customer. So guest engagement, understanding who they are, where they come from, what they buy, what their frequency is. And that comes down to data and insights. So analytics becomes very, very critical um, in the restaurant industry, more so than other industries, because it's such a high transaction business. People come in the front door and, and, you know, and the food comes in the back and it's raw ingredients and the magic happens in the middle. And there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of people, and it's easy to lose money. And so if you focus on increasing sales, reducing costs and getting your customers better, then a lot of other things fall in line in that skill set we talked about. Mm-hmm. Finding, recruiting and training employees that have that, that you, you want to have them present well and, and, and know the product and be able to deliver good services. So in that, those areas, that's where I spend a lot of my time is working with brands on creating efficiencies using automation in many ways to um, help offset costs and introduce them to new ways to make money, new sales channels, uh, online delivery, um, uh, voice, uh, you know, technologies, mm-hmm. uh, catering, uh, things of that nature that help to increase sales. And then knowledge about the guest is just all about really understanding data and analytics. And the, the biggest issue is data is the problem. <laughs> um, they're, you're overwhelmed with data, but understanding without being a data scientist how to how to extract the information, the key KPIs, the key performance indicators that are relevant to your business on a regular basis and have them readily available to you to make decisions by day part, that's really difficult. And once we can help the restaurant operator understand where to get the data and convert it to insights, you can then convert it to dollars. And that's where a lot of the guidance stems. So I'm I'm making a guess here, but it sounds like you might be self-taught or largely self-taught. And and that is in my book not a negative thing at all, but I'm kind of curious how you cultivated this insight or the, the, sorry, the expertise that enables you to make sense of data that your clients can't make sense of. Was it on the job learning or how did you get to the point where that's something you can do? 
Yeah, well, a little bit of both, of vocational and on the job. In the restaurant industry, you are hands, you know, sleeves rolled up, kind of a hands-on, sleeves rolled up kind of manager. I mean, right. you, that goes back to the skill set. I mean, you're, you don't just run around or sit in the back of the office waiting for things to happen. I mean, you can jump in the line and you can, you can, you know, take reservations. I mean, you can do a lot of things. So on the job, learning is, is a big part of this. And I, I'm naturally you know, oriented towards numbers. And I think a lot of restaurant operators are. Mm. But after I opened my first restaurant and sold it, I, I moved to New York and went to work on Wall Street. Ah. Um, as an investment banker for 23 years. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So uh, it, it's kind of an interesting switch going from being a restaurant um, manager to an owner uh, to be a, a money manager, then an investment banker working for a bulge bracket firm in, on Wall Street. Hmm. Uh, but it's because of that expertise, that domain expertise, and my experience in you know raising money, building a restaurant, building a brand, uh, dealing with investors, uh, buying and selling businesses that gravitated me towards that role. And then once I was a young banker, when I was 29, I stayed in that position with uh, Lehman uh, Brothers in New York, mm -hmm. and then with Stanford uh, Capital Partners in uh, in Palo Alto and San Francisco. And so I think a lot of my my business background, my 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 data and analytics perspective, comes from learned behavior uh, as a as an investment banker. But targeting the restaurant industry was a big part of my practice. Interesting. So, at, kind of at what point did you circle back to? Your, your roots in the restaurant industry. How did that happen? Well, it was, it was, it happened almost immediately. I mean, in investment banking is kind of like grad school. I mean, you, you have a class, right? And there's like 60 or 70 people in the class and you stay together for a while. Then you, you disappear and you come back every three or four months to have more training. Um, and I was pointed to one day uh, in this training group, does anybody know anything about the restaurant business? And I remember this, this kind of a big burly guy from Wisconsin just pointed <laughs> without lifting his head and says he does. Now <laughs> so I became the restaurant investment banker again, so I couldn't escape it. Uh, but, but more, more specifically, I left banking after uh, about 20 years, 23 years in total, but I rounded it to 20. And then I accepted a couple positions in different national restaurant chains as their CFO. Uh -huh. um, so I went back into an operating role, but as a chief financial officer, for a couple different restaurant chains. And that, that clearly brought me back into the industry um, as a student of business and as someone who respected the industry. And again, all these learned behaviors um, as, a, as a restaurant manager, uh, as an owner, as an entrepreneur, as an investment banker, as a CFO, give me life lessons that I can utilize um, when I uh, advise uh, not only you know, senior level folks at the enterprise, but also hardworking entrepreneurs who have, you know, one to 20 restaurants. A lot of these lessons come to port. Yeah, I can imagine. So let's imagine that there's another, there's a sort of a clone of you out there, but they don't have the restaurant background. They have the finance background. What sorts of things are you going to know that they would have to learn the hard way? That they have the, I'm sorry, did they have the finance background or don't? Well, they have the finance background, but they, but they don't, don't, have, they the don't have the, 
Right. They don't have any kind of experience specifically with restaurants, but just they luck out. They land a job with the same type of client you would work with. Yeah. I'm, I'm not asking you to share, you know, specifics of any client, but I'm curious what sorts of things you know that they would not know. Well, I mean, without being glib, I mean, being in the restaurant business is not for the, the, uh, the faint, faint of heart. <laughs> Uh, that's one way to put it. Yeah. Um, it. It's it's a very very tough competitive uh, business, and there's a lot of things that are just ad- naturally out of your control. Mm-hmm. Uh, regulations are very very um, uh, challenging, uh-huh. um, and and the, the margins are very thin and getting thinner. Uh, and so if I was if I was to advise someone. Uh, on the operations side, I would I would focus on finding efficiencies through automation. Restaurant technology is absolutely transforming the restaurant industry. Huh. In embracing that horror of technology and the investment attendant to that, if you're an operator, is is an absolute must. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no there, there there's no um, mixing, you know, opinions. It is critical that restaurant operators embrace technology. And which technologies is up to the consultant to be able to advise to build a strategy and a, and a technology stack that makes sense for that individual restaurant or individual restaurant brand, uh-huh. uh, but also being mindful of emerging technologies that are keeping pace with how the consumer uses technology. So an awareness of technology is critically important. I think understanding that certain technologies create uh, more um, efficiencies than others, and it's all about saving time, saving money, reducing the need in many areas to increase that cash flow that is critical to be able to reinvest in technology. So being competitive is really critical. So my advice to anybody in, in, in the restaurant industry, operator or consultant, is to advise your client uh, to, to, to not only invest in technology, but to become uh, very smart about technology. Don't just send it down to the, the IT department or uh, wave it off to someone else that's younger. Um, too often, my CEO conversations, uh, they, they, they are very befuddled by technology and rely on others, and they use younger often mm-hmm. that uh, you know, can deal with this. Uh, my, my statement to, to any senior level leader is you better get smart on technology uh, as smart as your, your, your CIO is because it's going to change the game. And if you're not up to speed on how this is changing the game, then you're, uh, you're going to lose. It's just really as simple as that. So is that a part of your value proposition to be, I mean, do you sort of educate them or is that more just like homework that you're assigning them and, um, I'm not sure I'm being clear with my question, but it just seems like that might be part of the value as, a, as an advisor that you offer is they don't have to do all of the learning themselves. They can rely on what you know. Well, that's part and parcel of what consulting is, is, you know, let me fill in the holes. And sometimes I can serve as a CIO advisor, mm-hmm. you know, and CIO is just, you know, chief investment officer or chief uh, uh, um, innovation officer, however mm-hmm. you want to pull that O down, mm-hmm. that I down, you know, a lot of times they just need a little perspective and some shared ideas and some experiences that they may not have. And 
the part of my day, you know, Philip is is talking to three interesting um, sectors: um, innovators of technology, um, and then brands, meaning the restaurants, mm-hmm. and then uh, investors uh, that are interested. So, if you look at how that triangulates naturally, because I connect people a lot, I have a perspective. A CIO or a head of IT at a restaurant chain may be myopically focused on their day-to-day right. and short of going to a conference from time to time uh, or reading a blog about what's new or a newsletter. They're really not as informed as they should be. They're busy. I understand that. Sure. And that's where a consultancy can come in. I, can, I do a fair amount of public speaking and just finished a tour around the country at, at 7 um, chapter events for the International Food and Beverage Restaurant Technology Association. And uh, in those meetings, we're all senior level IT professionals and CIOs. And without a doubt, uh, they need help, um, not with doing their day-to-day job, because I'm sure they're all capable, but they have to have more perspective. They need to have more insight into what's going out outside the four walls. And that's where I can be very valuable. Yeah, that makes sense. Do clients ever have conflict of interest concerns? You know, since you're maybe working with their competitors at some point down the line, how do you manage that sort of thing if if they do? You know, that's really never come up. I mean, whenever I, I I'm engaged, uh, there's a there's a, a contract which includes a a, a non disclosure um, agreement. Um, and if you're a professional, you, uh, you're mindful of those. Um, so it, you, you can't be a consultant and, and have just one client. That means you have a job. Right. <laughs> so, so it, it, they they kind of have to suspend uh, the disbelief that you're going to come in and, and, uh, and, and learn from them, um, right. which is the opposite of what the engagement's supposed to be. You're supposed to provide perspective. And that perspective is based on listening and learning what their challenges are, what their pain points are, and leveraging your expertise or the people you know who have that expertise to be able to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. So I've never really had that that issue, you know, come up that uh, that they're worried about, you know, being competitive or or my my knowledge is going to seep into somebody else. Right. Yeah. So you know, I'm assuming that there are times when you you know your expertise creates these kind of eyebrow raising moments for clients. And I'm curious if you can talk about what that tends to look like when that happens. Um, it, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I, I have a lot of different experiences that are relevant, contextually relevant to the restaurant industry. Uh, some of the board seats that I'm, I'm evaluating uh, are really coming to me more this year than last year because Restaurant brands know that they need technology insights. They need that expertise. Um, so between my investment banking background, my restaurant operations background, and my technology investment and uh, practitional expertise provides a unique skill set that boards are interested in mm-hmm. rather than just operations or business or marketing or finance. I kind of cross a few different areas um, and that makes me, you know, uh, kind of a, of a unique 
you know, individual out there. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's eye raising is I think they appreciate the perspective. I'm not mm -hmm. a linear type of career. I didn't, I'm not a market. I'm, I'm it was, what they say in Hawaii is there is a puka is a hole and people are always trying to put you into a puka. Huh. Uh, you're a marketing guy or you're a finance guy or, you know, you're an operations guy or, or you're, you're uh, a technology guy. That's, that's nice to have that specialty. But I think in 2018, I think it's really better to have a diversified skill set. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, what do they say? Uh, a, a, a master of none. Um, right. Uh, I, I think it's perspective and I think that's valuable today. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I see the point that you're making for sure. Um, so Michael, I want to say thanks for taking the time to share what it's like to be the kind of expert that you are. Um, where could folks get in touch with you or find out more? Where would you send them? Sure. Um, I'm easily found on LinkedIn. You know, it's Michael Atkinson. Um, LinkedIn is an easy spot, but you can also uh, find me at uh, michaelatkinson.me. Uh, it's a website. Uh, and also Food Tech Strategics, which is kind of an interesting name. It's not Food Tech Strategies. It's Food Tech and Strategics, which is a restaurant technology consultant. Um, but I, I've been out there for a long time. My SEO score is pretty large. So if you just type in Michael L. Atkinson, you're going to find some artists, but you'll, you'll, you'll find me. <laughs> some other guy, and then there's you. <laughs> some other guy that's much more talented on the art side than I am. Um, and, and then there's me. But uh, thanks for having me on, Philip. It's, it's been good to chat. Thank you, Michael.